Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you an inspiring woman who is a leader in her field. These amazing women are role models for creating positive relationships, building successful careers, or just helping you discover your own leadership talents to follow your passion and your purpose. You know, helping women share their stories is one of my greatest joys. That's why I've continued to interview these amazing leading women for almost 10 years, and it in itself has been a truly amazing journey. I chose 19 of the best experts from these conversations to co-author my book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. It's, it's available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and the business section of your area bookstore. Now, if you haven't bought your copy, or you know a woman who wants to pursue her passion and dreams, this book is for both of you. This week, I'm pleased to introduce you to another amazing leading woman. Her name is Mia Boykin. I met Mia at Take the Lead's fundraiser last month in New York City and admired her philanthropical spirit. Mia started a social profit to provide emergency assistance for scholarships while still, still a student at Spelman College. She expanded the first efforts to work with disadvantaged youth and displaced individuals around the world. This launched her into a multifaceted career, which incorporates international speaking, social entrepreneur, humanitarian, marketing, and business development. She learned French in Paris, received her master's from King's College London in child psychiatry, and a second master's of global entrepreneurial management from the University of San Francisco, where she also studied in Spain and Asia. She gets around. Among her numerous awards, Mia received the Outstanding Achievement Award in recognition for her global humanitarian work for Reverend Jesse Jackson at Rainbow Push Coalition 45th Annual Conference in 2016. Her company, GM... Squared provides full-service professional management consulting services in public relations, branding, development, project management, event planning, and consulting. This woman can do it all. I am so, so very pleased to welcome Mia Boykins to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women, and that's what you truly are, a smart, amazing woman. Welcome. Well, Mia, thanks for calling in today. We're going to have a great conversation. What part of the world are you in? I'm in New Orleans, and I'm so excited to be on the line with you. Okay. Well, New Orleans is one of my favorite places, so I can visualize where you are and uh, visualize where I've been. So welcome to Conversations with Smart Amazing Women, because darn it, there's not, I can't think of another woman that fits that description better than you do. Thank you, and you as well. I think the most important thing is that we tell our stories to each other, especially women. I think men are pretty good about telling their stories. You know, you find out everything about them from their handicap to how much they make to almost how much they weigh within the first first few seconds of talking. But women sometimes don't share the important <laughs> things about how they got to be who they are. And I think when we do actually share who we are, where we come from, you know, how we got to do the different things we do in our life, there's always a very, very great connection that occurs. And I know when we were talking, you know, I mean, I think that's that, that's the important thing is that we start saying, hey, yeah, I, I relate to that, I understand that. 
But your personal story is a, is a great story and one that I'd really like everyone to know about. So let's talk about you, about how you became the Mia that I'm talking to today. I've always been a person that's been interested in service and also helping others. I grew up in a really small town. I was actually born in Appaloosas, Louisiana, which is just two and a half hours away from New Orleans. But I spent a lot of my childhood in between Appaloosas and New Orleans. So I'm still like basically from New Orleans because I've been living in the same house in New Orleans my entire life. Um, My mom's side of the family's from Appaloosas, so I was like kind of back and forth. But Appaloosas is kind of a deadbeat town. Um, Don't mean to offend anyone, but I think most people who are there, they kind of know there's not many resources or opportunities. In fact, most of my family on my mother's side, a lot of them haven't gone to college or, um, you know, they just kind of work standard jobs straight out of high school. And, you know, that's just like the culture of the family. It's having kids young and no college education. Luckily, now that's changing with, you know, the the latest generation. We have more people interested in going to college. But I was always motivated to give to others because I kind of grew up in, you know, impoverished areas when I was a child. And so that was always kind of my spirit. And um, it's I'm a very complex individual because I have been exposed to so many different facets. You know, growing up with my mom's side of the family in the small town where people didn't really prioritize, like, education, travel, or really just expanding their horizons. But actually... I moved with my dad when I was in high school, like I was about 14, and I moved back with him in New Orleans, and my dad's an entrepreneur, and he is very serious about education, about spirituality, and really just experiencing life and having fun. So it was a really big contrast between the way I grew up and then what, you know, the situation that I kind of went into when I moved home with my dad. My dad pretty much made me enroll in a private school because the schools in, you know, the neighborhood schools weren't very efficient, um, just didn't have books and it wasn't safe. And he told me, if you don't get into a private school, you're going to have to go back with your mom. And I was my, I am my dad's only child, and I have four brothers and sisters, so it was just such a better position for me to be in to stay with my dad. So I pretty much went to the first private school I could find, uh, which happened to be the Academy of the Sacred Heart, which is a private school predominantly white. And when I say predominantly, I mean I was the only black person in the entire school. Uh, predominantly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that was such a big contrast for me because growing up, you know, in the neighborhood schools, I always went to public school. So, again, it's like a really big contrast. Um, the neighborhood schools, all black, you know, very few white people, some Spanish people. So this was a huge transition for me. Um, so that was kind of like, the first time I'd been exposed to people of another culture. 
So it was like a great experience for me to just learn and grow. And then also, being at Sacred Heart, I was exposed to traveling the world. So I went to Paris and London with my school when I was about 16 for about two weeks. So really just kind of broadening my horizon. And also, I will say the school that I went to was very focused on service, giving back to the community. So I did a lot of service with the elderly, and that was pretty much my favorite thing to do. Um, as I've always connected with people who are much older than me since I was a kid. So this was kind of like the background of, you know, my complex personality that is, you know, who I am today, a world traveler, someone who's very engulfed in diversity and culture, um, and also in service and further spirituality. Okay, well, so so when you were in college, though, in Spel- at Spelman, though, this is kind of when you're, I mean, you graduated from this, uh, from the ca- private Catholic school that you went to, and then you went to Spelman, and then you started uh, your first social profit organization. Tell yes. Talk about that a little bit, because I think that really, I mean, your your history is so valuable, and your your experiences are so valuable, and your opportunities led you to many of the things that you've created today. But so Spelman College, you went there, and then you started your first social. I call them, by the way, social profit. I don't like the term not-for-profit. So your first social profit organization was what? Yes. So my first, the first thing that I actually started was called Student Emergency Assistance, and it was a scholarship fund. So this scholarship is for juniors and seniors who've exhausted all of their financial resources and have a balance placing them at risk for expulsion. So my scholarship is kind of like the last step before someone's put out in a very pivotal time. So I started fundraising for it at the end of my sophomore year, and actually I awarded my first scholarship senior year in college, um, my first two scholarships actually, but Spelman was such a huge transition, so I'll just speak a bit about that as well. Um, So I went from Sacred Heart, which was all white, literally, to Spelman, which is an HBCU, historically black college or university, so it's all black. While it was all black, it was so diverse because there were kids, you know, from all over the U.S., the islands, and, you know, different parts of Africa, and as well as Europe. So it was so diverse, but it was all you know, people of color. Right. So that was, it was really an amazing experience for me because it was the first time that I had been around a group of people that looked like me who were very passionate about education. They were very competitive. Um, Every student at Spelman, mostly, I will say, I'm the norm, well-traveled, you know, living abroad and doing all these things. It's like the typical Spelman student. So that was really the motivation behind me starting my scholarship because, like I said, where I grew up, people were very complacent and, you know, they didn't really value education and, you know, really wanting to be the change that they wanted to see in the world. So that was very much so the mission and the motto of Spelman. And I said, you know, when I had two friends that had to leave, my freshman year, because of money, it really saddens me. 
And I actually reached out to some of my contacts. This was prior to the scholarship. And I was just sharing about them having to leave. They had a few thousand dollar balance. And that contact actually paid both of those girls' tuition. And it was, you know, that really touched me. And I said, you know what, I want to do something about this. I want to help people who actually have a, a yearning to, you know, be better and to be educated and just to really advance in their careers. And so that's when I launched a scholarship. I raised over $15,000 when I was a student. I was actually the first student at Spelman to create a scholarship fund while still a student and not affiliated with any organization. So that kind of launched me into a lot. Um, That was the start of my career. You know, I had many interviews, um, radio, magazines, TV, which, you know, people, strangers start reaching out to me, doting to my scholarship fund, you know, as a result. And people started asking me to speak about what I was doing. So that kind of launched me into public speaking. And I was actually working, uh, after graduating, I worked on a special project with J.P. Morgan and the Martin Luther King Center. And the vice president of J.P. at the time, she's one of my great mentors, she had recognized that I was doing a lot of work. I had started public speaking. I had started doing events for you know, to fundraise, and I was also doing charity events at the same time uh, as a student, events for homeless individuals and also for youth, you know, youth empowerment events. So she said, hey, Mia, you're using a lot of your own resources. You should just start a nonprofit. So I did the work that was necessary, and when I was 22, I launched my first nonprofit, which kept the name, so it's Student Emergency Assistance Incorporated. And I've taken that nonprofit all over the world. You know, I've done events in, like, Spain and London and Asia, public speaking globally. As you know, after Spellman and after my nonprofit, I actually studied in London, also Spain, Asia, and California for two international master's degrees. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I've noticed. I noticed not only have you been all over the world, but you've also received your your degrees from all over the world as well. Wow, your level of expanse and diversity is so very, very impressive. But it all started because you saw a need. You saw a great need, which is yes. You know why? Why do you think? Why do you think you were different? You're different. That why don't more people see? a need like you did. Why what what do you think the difference is between you and your and other people maybe a little bit? I think one of the main things and literally everything in my life kind of reverts back to my spirituality, my connection with God. Um I think I've always been curious. Another thing that's like a, a really big contrast, like when I was living with my mom, my mom really did not go to church. But since I was a kid I literally had such a vast interest in God, and, you know, I didn't know why. But since my mom didn't go to church, I kind of went to everyone's church when I was a kid. So anyone in my neighborhood that was going to church, any church, I went to it. And I'm serious. Jehovah's Witness, Mormon, Apostolic, Catholic, Baptist, Pentecostal, (laughs) 
pretty much every kind. Um, I was just really curious. And I think that I realized very young because of, like, hardships that I've had to overcome that my life purpose was bigger than me. Um, And that was kind of what helped me to get through various circumstances, um, you know, that life presented, just to realize that, okay, I'm going through this right now, but God put this in my life because he has given me provision. He's given me strength. Even if I don't see it now, I know I'm going to overcome it. And I know that God doesn't want me to just overcome it for me, but he wants me to overcome it so that I can help others to overcome. And I've always seen my life, you know, my life mission as that way since I was a teenager. It's a very big responsibility and it, you know, it gets rough sometimes, but it's kind of embedded in me at this point. So I think, you know, I have, being that it's my mission to serve, to be a servant and my passion, mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, I, I'm just very empathetic to others. Yeah. And yeah. I'm always thinking about ways that I can assist people And, you know, you can never really do too much. There's always more, you know, and you really just have to, you have to be balanced, right? You can be very empathetic and want to help and change the world, but you also have to make sure you're balanced and you're focused on, you know, doing the inner work within yourself, changing yourself, and also just being happy and being whole so that you can can continue to be a vessel and to be a servant uh, to do God's work. So I think that's one of the big differences between me and others that I'm really focused on my spiritual path and my purpose in life. Yeah. Well, and and, and, uh, you did have some amazing opportunities to learn very, very young about uh, diversity, going to an all-white school, and then going to an all-primarily college of people of color. So you've, you've definitely had an opportunity to understand diversity and understand differences, but yet at the same time have crossed the barriers both in both directions because, again, I think that's the key is when we can all connect and we can yes. connect at, at, at the level that you're speaking about. And then, you know, I, I love that. I, I've always loved that saying, be the, change you want, be the change in the world that you want to be. You be the change, and that's what you've, yes. you've done. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, we, we met at a, at a friend raiser in New York City for Take the Lead, which uh, I'm a board member of and I'm very excited about uh, Gloria Felt's project, which is basically helping to generate and create gender parity as far as leadership by the year 2025, which is, you know, it'll probably come faster than we know. I'd like for it to happen sooner than later. But it's really about us all connecting it's all connecting and understanding that we're not going to get anywhere by ourselves. We're not going to, you know, if we want to go fast, go along. But if we want to go far, we have to go all together. And I think that's something that, Mia, you've learned very, very early in life, that it really is going to take us all together, connecting and helping and yes. sharing with one another to get there. And then where do you think we're at with that? Because, I, you know, some days I'm – I guess some days I'm more positive than others, and I'm thinking, Jesus, people are really connecting. You know, this, you know, we have this major eclipse that doesn't occur for another 99 years, and you know, everybody gets out there, and, and you know, we connect when something amazing happens. But then we see, we look at Spain, we look at 
at Charlottesville. We look at some of the things that are going on in our own country right now. Uh, sometimes I'm sad about. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sad about it a lot because of what has happened, what people are doing to one another. But I mean, your message is about bringing people together. Your message is is that helping people to change from the inside to be the change that you want to be in the world. So what do you think about all that? I think right now it's interesting. Like I said, I've lived in five countries, um, and I've really been exposed to a range of people, not just at Spelman or in high school, but in my first master's, people were from about six different countries. It was 14 of us. My last master's, it was 40 students, and we were from 15 different countries. So a lot of my learning about the world came from, uh, you know, directly visiting and directly being impacted by people who are from those countries. And I think with a global perspective, I know that most people actually are, I will say not, when I say good people, I mean it loosely. When I say good, I mean that most people, they aren't, you know, racist or they aren't trying to find reasons to separate. You know, as I traveled the world, I've connected with people of all ethnicities, sexualities, gender, um, you know, religion, etc. and I've built great relationships worldwide. I think there are small pockets in each community, you know, in different communities and parts of the world that get a lot of the negative attention. And I do think that the people who have the most wealth in the country, the top 3%, they, are, they aren't doing a very good job at equality, you know, because they have all the resources and the world is full of lack. So I think, you know, that's part of the problem. And I do think that others, you know, the small groups or, you know, few people who have hatred in their hearts, um, whether it be against racism or, or sexism and, you know, things like that, I think they get a lot of the attention. So, yeah, so that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've said this about a million times. I wish we had one channel uh, that we could all tune into that was the, just the good news because there really are amazing, wonderful things occurring in the world. Uh, you know, like take the lead, for example, women that are connecting at this spiritual, uh, emotional, psychological, professional level that truly do want to create a better world that we're all joined together in creating a voice that we that, uh, a voice that we can all understand. And again, I'm going to call these social prophets. I would challenge you to call your organization social prophets because I think that when we use these terms, because without your organi- your organization and your 501c3, uh, the world would not be as a good, uh, a good a place. And just the people that you've helped with your scholarships, for example, one day they're going to turn around or probably already have and, and help someone else. I, I once had a person say to me, she, she, she asked, you know, why are you helping me? Why are you doing this? For me, you know, why why are you helping? And I said because one day, I know that you're going to turn around and you're going to do this for someone else. And I think that's the most important thing that we understand this journey we call life. That it's it is an opportunity for us to truly take our gifts and our opportunity our opportunities as well as our challenges 
to really make a difference. And, I, you know, I guess you, you wouldn't be who you are without your challenges. I would not be who I am without my challenges. And I surely wouldn't be who I am today without the opportunities that have come my way. And many of them you have made for yourself, such as I have too. So, so I think the messages that you're putting, you know, that you're getting out to uh, people is so very, very important. Is because I think a lot of the things, Mia, that you're talking about, you're giving people hope. You're giving people something to look at the possibilities, and and you're an example of what all the possibilities are. And I think that's the amazing thing that you're doing. So, thank uh, you. I, I, I applaud you for, for, for that for sure. And and I applaud you also for having for for noticing. You know, and you know, the Dalai Lama says that we all need to wake up and I agree with that. And I think this is a time in our history that people do need to wake up, look around and say, How can I be the change in this world that, that we need? How can I make this world a better place? And if we had a lot of Mia Boykins out there, I think we'd have a pretty great world. So what do, you want, what do you want people to know about what you're doing and what's coming up in your life? So I, I'm really excited. Um, I just uh, received a new role. I'm Director of Strategic Relations for a company called Noir B&B, which is essentially the black-owned version of Airbnb. Um, we are a travel company with, uh, you know, our focus is millennial travelers of color. And not only do we provide accommodations, but we also have unique venues on our site that people can rent out. And also we provide event experiences by partnering with um, organizations that kind of fit our target market, uh, organizations and events. We're partnering with Afropunk, you know, this coming weekend, and we're really excited about that. Really, really big things coming with that, and we're currently seeking more hosts to sign up on our site, noirbnb.com, which is N-O-I-R-B-N-B.com, as well as users. So I'm really excited about that. I launched my first company, so I kind of stepped away from the social profit, and now I'm a social entrepreneur, and so I launched my company, Global Management and Marketing, LLC in April, um, and I with that company I do uh, project management, event planning, fundraising, sponsorship, um, proposal writing, marketing, branding, social media um, management, as well as web development. And so, really excited to grow my company. Um, I have some clients from across the world that I was able to connect with while I was living and traveling. Um, so that's exciting. And, yeah, those those are the most two exciting things right now, really just uh, working hard and, you know, just advancing in my career. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you do become more involved with Take the Lead because we need, <clears throat> we need your voice. We need your experience, your expertise as far as connecting people. And I think that's what – that's the most – I think the most important thing that Take the Lead is doing is – helping women to to find their voices, to use their voices, to create the leadership and the opportunities that we all need in this world to connect. So um, I congratulate you. I wish you the very, very best. I, I look forward to meeting you again in the future. Stay in touch. Yes. And, uh, I will. 
and you just uh, enjoy that New Orleans uh, food. I love red beans and, <laughs> and, and, and fish, and I mean, I, I love that place. I just absolutely love New Orleans. And yes, um, indeed. So again, God bless you, and and thank, thank you, thank you for your great spirit. And thank great, you so much. Bless you and your great contribution, and you have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you again so much for having me today and, you know, for considering me and just thinking about me. I really enjoyed meeting you. I really enjoyed our conversation. I I, I received some great takeaways and I definitely plan on being active with Take the Lead and staying in touch. Absolutely. Then we then I know that we'll see each other again. So it's not goodbye. It's called see, it's see you later. Yes, indeed. Day. See you later. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye.